podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. My name's Emmett and this is the Fatback Four. Tonight joining me are Shawnee, Kev and Davo. How are you, Davo? Grand, not a bother. Good to be on, lads. Kev, surviving the, the, the thunderstorms that everybody else is talking about in the, in the comments already as well. Yeah, it's brutal down here at the minute, but apparently you guys are getting it soon, so you'll have some fun later on tonight. And Shawnee, how are you? Oh, good, yeah. Oh, good. A great weekend of football so far. It's fucking, it's, <laughs> so it's sure you haven't, it's, it's sure you haven't to wait until the Monday to be played, isn't it? Especially after yeah. a, a dodgy result in the first. It just feels like ages, but back, back at Anfield tomorrow. It's fucking great. Good stuff. Well, look, what we're going to do is we're going to have a quick chat tonight just around uh, the match tomorrow. Uh, lineups, predictions, that kind of stuff. Um, and then we'll probably have a quick look back over um, results over the weekend as well. Um, so, Davo, because um, the others have spoken about the result last week, what do you expect to see? And Do you expect to see a change in lineup tomorrow or what changes do you expect to see and what type of a performance should we expect from the lads? Um, I'd say, listen, there'll be a couple, there'll be a, there'll be a midfield change anyway because Thiago's yeah. obviously out. Um, I'd probably expect Nabi to come in. Well, Nabi or Elliot, Elliot was very good at all. Uh, Lincoln McMahon last time, and it sounds Matabas sat out training, so it kind of sounds like they might want to take too many chances there. So I'd say Gomez could come in, I'd, and I'd say Nunes probably gets the start ahead of Firmino. So that's what I'd be kind of thinking, and obviously hoping I'm expecting to win. I don't think it'll be, I don't think it'll be a walk in the park, but I'm, I'm expecting us to win the game, yeah, and get off the mark. And do you expect them to come out flying instead of what we've seen kind of more recently with the kind of control? Or did they have, uh, listen, a, point, they have a point to prove? Klopp is going to send them out listen, with a point. He to had the, he'd, listen, he had, he'd, uh, as much as a manager, or as, as much as he normally does anyway, uh, have a go at the players, he kind of he had a go at them uh, after the game for their attitude, application, all that stuff you don't want to hear. Um, when you're a professional, so listen, I'm sure they've been I'm sure training has been fucking, they've been at it, I would say, all week now, to be honest. And uh, yeah, I'd, I'd expect them to come out against a decent side. I didn't see Palace and Arsenal, but I believe Palace, uh, Arsenal started well and finished strong, but in the middle, Palace had plenty in the game. So I'd, Palace are decent. So but now I'd expect us to come out and be at it, yeah. And Kev, you are kind of one of the more vocal ones about how well Palace pay, played against Arsenal um, in the first game of the season. Um how do you expect we're going to handle them? I think the start is key. We've been starting poorly from the back end of last season right through this season, even parts of pre-season, some games that just weren't quite on it. Um, I expect to see the, cha- the changes that Davo made are probably the same changes I'd, I'd made. I don't know what he'll do with midfield with Henderson, but 
it's important that we press Anderson and don't let him settle on the ball. Um, his passing is ridiculous good for a centre-back. And if he's allowed to ping, ping 40, 50-yard balls from, from there, he can cause us problems. Um, other than that, I expect us to start better and I expect us to win. The home atmosphere, first game under the lights, Monday night football, you know, it's um, after the weekend, it's just gone as well. It's important, even this early on, that you don't slip too far behind. You know, you've got to keep pace with uh, with City, even at this early stage. So I'm expecting a solid performance and three points, nothing less. Good stuff. And uh, Kev kind of touched on it there, Shawnee, with Chelsea and Spurs, which a lot would have you believe would be there, will be challenging as well, drawn today. It's probably even more important now to get the, the three points tomorrow night against Palace. Yeah, look, I'm not buying into the, the Spurs and Chelsea thing just yet. I'm still of the idea that there's still only two 90-point teams in the league and it's it's us and City. And I think that's the way it will be again. You're kind of seeing today that the issues that both Chelsea and Spurs have, Chelsea up the top end of the pitch and Spurs look a bit ropey at the back, I think. So, um, regardless of what's going on around, I just think we need a response because of the fact we dropped points last week and like I'm of the idea now where I don't even think there's such thing as a draw in this league anymore. I think you either win or you lose. If you don't win, there's, there's literally no point drawing with this Man City side about. So, we need a response and I'm with Davo as well. I think it's going to be tough tomorrow. I, I really mm-hmm. do. Um, I think there is moments where we are going to have to ride the storm a little bit. Gomez going back in there, he's going to need to be at it because what Palace will do is they will stretch it and they will test you. They, they've got some really, really good footballers there. And I think it's actually, not that it's gone under the radar, but I think Vieira is doing a really good job. And they, they're, they're recruiting really well as well. They've brought some good players in. Like they'll miss Gallagher this year. But um, that lad, Coyote, they brought in, is it, what's his name in the middle? I, say, what, I think he is Coyote. I think he is Coyote, yeah. He come. He he looked decent against Arsenal. They're very. They're they're gonna be a physical side. They've plenty of runners. They're willing runners. And like Kev said, this new fella Anderson, they they brought him in from Fulham. Looked decent there, but he seems to be giving them a little bit of a different dimension now with the with his passing ability. So yeah, look, it's it's going to be check the core there. Yeah, sorry, in chat there. Yeah, that's Um. So yeah, I think it's gonna be a tough game, but I I I think we'll have enough. I think. Not not so much a statement, but just go out there and prove because we were shy last Saturday. Let's make no bounds about. We were lucky to get a point, and um, and we need a response, a strong response is needed. And this is where like it's a bit crap that we had to wait until Monday for this game because it would have been ideal for this to be a midweek game after you drop points because you yeah. just still be chomping at the bit to get back in. But like, yeah, it's brilliant. It's it's brilliant to be back at Anfield, and I hope Nunes. Those guys those get the nod because let's be honest, Bobby didn't give us a whole lot. So it'll be interesting. Um I'm looking forward to it. I just I hope it's fucking rocking and all. It should be, you know what I mean? I really do. And uh, I was talking on Thursday, Davo, about um we, we kind of did um lineup predictions. And I was I actually actually thought that Gomez might come in anyway. This was before Matip 
was had set out training because of like what Kev said and, and Shawnee said that Anderson when he, if he, if given time on balls he can actually just spray them diagonal balls and with the the pace again that Shawnee touched on that Palace have up front um he could be hitting those kind of channels in behind Robbo and uh, Trent if they've got kind of too far forward. Do you think that that would have been a change that he maybe would have looked at without the Matip injury? Look, Matip could still start. Um, but do you think that adding Gomez in with pace would suit that type of a game? Um, yeah, look, he, he could have gone down that road, definitely, because I think Gomez is quicker than Matip. I don't think Matip is a slouch now by any means, but particularly, obviously, the way we play, how high Trent will be. Um, maybe he he look at maybe he would have done um, looking for that bit of extra pace, but I just I, I, I hope God looks I hope I just hope Gomez takes his chance because it's going to be tough for him. Um, as regards like we've got um, obviously Virgil always plays, and then you've got Kanate and Matip. It's been a toss of the coin between them. He's kind of been a bit of a forgotten man, even though he, he, he like he played, he was kind of ever present when we won the league, so. And if we're honest, I don't think what he served up in the last maybe six months or so has been great when he's got in. Um, and look, that can be difficult because he's not like he, he's not in every week and he's just coming in and fits and starts and stuff like that. So I really listen. He's, I think he's excellent, but I think he needs a run of games. And but he's not going to get a run of games if he doesn't take his chance. So it's going to catch twenty two. So I really hope he comes in and kind of hits the ground running and take his chance, and then and then puts it back on the clock about the other two boys going. Well, listen, I'm in. I'm after being doing the business, so look at leave me beside Virgil. So, just I really I listen about a lot of time from, and I, I, um, I really hope he, he takes his chance. And uh, Kev, if if it's a case that Gomez comes in, so we saw not last season, obviously the season before, most of us probably would have said let's move Matip on because of injury worries, and then it was like a resurrection of Joel Matip last season. And like what Davo said, he kind of got his chance. He stayed fit, and he he almost cemented that place. Now I know Kanate came in for Champions League games and that, and the odd time here and there. But essentially, that position beside Matip, of sorry Van Dijk last season was Matip's. Um, if Joe comes in and takes his chance, do you see him ousting the other pair and becoming the first choice? I think he'll eventually. I think the idea is with him after signing his new contract, he's he's extended his contract, he's extended his deal, so he's happy at the club. I think the idea by the end of the season is that he will have, he will probably be, if not first pick with Virgil, he'll be first change between him and Ibu. And by the end of the season, Joel should be down to pecking order. As long as the other two kick on, they have to force him down there. It, it's up to them. This one thing with Klopp, once you've got the shirt and you're doing a job, he's reluctant to take it off you. And especially with Joe Gomez, with what he's been through with his injuries, if he's in the side and he's playing well, he'll want to keep him playing and give as much time to Kanate as possible to recover from this knock. And it doesn't do anyone any harm watching games from the sidelines from time to time. And you need a strong rotation in there as well. Virgil isn't getting any younger. He's you want to be able to give him rests through the season as well. You know, it's going to be a really demanding season for him. More probably more than the other three because he's definitely going to Qatar, and the Netherlands could do quite decent. So 
you might need it more so in January to be able to give him a proper rest and give him a proper break because whoever goes on to win the World Cup is only going to have a week off. Everyone else is going to have three, four weeks, maybe five, you know, but if whoever, if we have players that are involved deep in that tournament, it could be January is when they suffer. So it's important that Joe takes his chance and really moves on, really kicks on. He's good enough. We know that. We've seen it enough. It's just getting him on the pitch regularly enough builds confidence, and that in itself builds performance. So it's it's, it's really hope more than anything. This could be a blessing in disguise. You know, yeah. to probably precautionally give Joel a rest anyway. You know, they, they won't risk him for the sake of one game against Palace. And you were probably right. With their balls in behind and how, how high Trent will be, Joe Gomez is probably an ideal person to come in and play. It would have probably been Kanate. But, you know, the football has a way of uh, opening doorways and there's one there for Joel to, or for Joe Gomez to walk into. I hope it works for him. Um, Shawnee, a lot of people, um, and probably myself included, would probably think that the, the long-term centre-back pairing <clears throat> or, or ideally the long-term centre-back pairing would be uh, Gomez and Canate. Um Look, Virgil, as good as he is, isn't getting any younger. Um, Matip, not too too far behind him. Do you see that being our, our long-term centre-back pairing going forward? Yeah, well, you'd have to think about the club strategy and the way they've recruited that. It's like that, that, that January when we needed a centre-back, we didn't just throw one in there for the sake of it. It's always long-term, you know You know what I mean? And that's you. We've done the business with Kanate and he's around now for a while and Let's be honest, Canada was playing brilliant to the back end the last year. He was he was excellent. Um probably probably the best our best player in the Champions League final, I thought. Um but given Gomez the contract, I don't think it was like a protecting value team because I believe there were a couple of teams sniffing around and apparently Villa were looking at him. Um so I'd say there was upper steer for Gomez because he is really talented. He's had absolute he's had rotten luck with injuries. Um he gets his leg broke up only, and then we still don't know what happened to him last time around. But by all accounts, it wasn't great. So um, he's he's been on the wrong end of luck, I think. Um, Nineteen twenty is brilliant. He, he builds a real uh, partnership with Van Dijk, and I think it's it's. I'm with Shane now. I think it's time to just like take it now, take your chance, or you might not get it again because. <clears throat> If he's looking to be, look, he should be going to that World Cup. I think if you're picking England's back four, back five, whatever Southgate plays, I'd have him starting ahead of some of the players he uses. Um, and I don't, I don't think that's a stretch. And that should be his like goal. So to be doing that, he needs to be playing regularly at Liverpool. And I reckon if he doesn't really, if he doesn't cement his position this time around, then I think he'd be moved in and brought someone else. So to be honest with you. I can see the club planning as if it's Joe Gomez and Canate going forward, but he's going to need to pull the socks up and grammar. And I don't mean that being harsh. I just think he's not going to get many chances. Well, if you he's think really of it, if you, like, if, you, if you think of it, we know people in the chat are probably know more. Was it Benfica at home? We gave Van Dijk a rest in the Champions yeah, League. And he, and didn't, I think it was, he didn't play. And like, we, we, were, we were all over the fucking place at the back. So 
We've gone over that's not on the not just on the back four. Obviously the pressing was off and lads Benfica too much time in the ball to pick up passes for our runners and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, we we, we did get picked off that night. There was a lot of late yeah, runs. Milan as well. I think he played like against. Yeah. So it was the boys. No, like, the, like, the three of them have to like they like they have to pull their socks up as in when Virgil's not there. I'm talking about when when two of them are making up a yeah. partnership. They are going to have to step up and fucking try like make sure that there's not too much of a drop off. The worry with Joe Gomez has always been whoever if Virgil doesn't play. There isn't really a talker in in the the other three, you know. They almost play by example. They yeah. They they, they don't. You don't see any of them shouting and barking at defend at midfielders to come back or to push out or anything. It's it's almost you know how to do your job. Just do your job. Whereas you see Virgil pointing and just gesticulating at everybody. He doesn't care who they are. And same with Henderson. It's something. That has to come into his game, really, whether it's natural to him or not. He's been at the club long enough now. You know, he's what six years, yeah. seven years. Yeah, you know, he's, I, he's I, one of the longest serving players at the club. He's got to I start that, that, introducing that. I think the flip side as well is like, like Virgil's a fucking unicorn. Like, does not like he just he is. He's yeah. so unique as a defender that he's just the type of player that brings everyone up around them levels, and that's just how good he is. And like, I'm not really worried about Virgil getting old because I think he has the head to play on. You know, now obviously his pace is a big part of his game, but I do think he he'll have the head to play on, and it'll be like, right, you'll do my runner for it, and I might drop. Is it, what's Virgil now? Twenty one. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, twenty one. Yeah, so, look, you'd imagine. Look, if you're being the most fucking pessimistic fucker in the world, and he has no more injuries and no reincurrences of what happened. You think he's gonna play at least at the very top level for another three or four seasons? And you mentioned you mentioned recruitment, Shani. I tell you, I tell you they have that eye on who they want to come in. Yeah, Deloitte, yeah. With, they, for, for when I be, have a couple and couple, couple Apart, of bodies that they're looking at. That young lad in the the seven days, I believe he he was. I think he was player at home for England in the one they just won there. Down, that was named someone in the chat right now, but apparently he's ridiculous. He's ridiculous. I see his he name. In the like chat and I'll be, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't he know scored as well, I think. Yeah, yeah. He scored in the final. I, I, I believe he's there. Yeah, Kwanzaa. Someone said there. Apparently, Kwanzaa, yeah. he's he's ridiculous, and there's loads chasing him. And the club are looking to to fast track him into the fourth team. So, like long term, I still think it's going to be Virgil. You know what I mean? And that's where I think again, there's pressure on Gomez here. There's big pressure on Gomez because. He's the one out of four, I'd say, that hasn't really performed in the last, what, two seasons. Look, obviously, he's had injuries, of course, but he got in there and he didn't really, i tell you, look, he didn't, he didn't get many games at centre-back last season and Klopp chopped and changed a lot. And it was Kanate in Matabeu, and there was games where he played Matabeu and Kanate. So, look, I think it's a big, it's a big season for Gomez um, in terms of, his long-term future. Obviously, he signed that gave him a contract, but he's gonna need to um, he's gonna need to step up now because we don't know. Like, it's never good when you hear clubs just saying he's out for a while, and that's what he said about Canate. And I think it would be it'd be tough to expect Joel to be as durable as he was last season. Look, last season was an outlier in terms of his availability since he's been at Liverpool. So, um. 
look, he's going to play a lot of games, I think, this year, Joe Gomez. And not only for his Liverpool future, he should be looking, like I said again, to be to be getting into that England squad at the World Cup. Because, look, that should be everybody's, that should be nearly every player from now until November's, like, premonition is to, OK, I want to do enough now where I'm I'm going on the plane and I'm going to be away at that tournament uh, when it comes around. I think I, I pulled Kieran B's uh, comment back up there. He says he think he might have been minded last season. Klopp even said Possibly. his injury was way worse than Van Dijk. So yeah, um, yeah, um, and I, I think there was a few games where he actually played uh, as cover at right back as well. Yeah, he did quite yeah. well too. We did quite well as yeah. well. Yeah, and, and like I think it was you that actually said it, Davo, that the the only thing that he uh, the only thing wrong with his performance was that he wasn't Trent. Yeah, well, he was yeah. at the Norwich game and he played Roy Full and he played very well. He was a Trent, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah. you're not getting on a Trent. Gomez was perfectly fucking capable that day. He played well. Just wasn't Trent. But sure, we're that's not his fault. I think you were, it was yourself, Sean, you were saying there that you, um, with the Van Dyke, with the barking orders and stuff like that, I think I think it's more so likely to be Canate that maybe assumes that position because... He did play a few games last year, and you could see that he was. It wasn't. Yeah, uh, he was barking orders at midfield and telling lads to to be certain players. So, look, um, we will move on from from the back um, to now the midfield. Um, oh, don't Jesus mention it! <laughs> no, no, no. We're not talking about buying players here. We're talking about who is going to come in instead of Thiago. So, look, we know that Keita. It was more of a more of him being sick than anything else. So he should be back. I think uh, Simicas is back as well. The pair of them are supposed to be back for tomorrow night. So, um, Davo, I'll come to you first. So, a lot of people suggesting that maybe Fabinho sits out with Henderson in the six. Um, what way would you line up in terms of the midfield tomorrow? No, listen, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be going to make a change if I change to say, look, Fab wasn't good. Against Fulham and actually against Fulham, the funny thing I thought about it was is I actually thought he hit a little bit. Thought when they were pressing, he wasn't quick enough to drop to to give himself positions to get the ball. Now for whatever reason, look, he's fucking brilliant. He's a showy game. It happens, um, but I, I wouldn't be making changes for changes. Say, could like if we only need to make one, I'd I'd make one. If we can start Henderson and Fab, I would, and I'd, I'd make one other change. Um, listen, we all know. Club rates Naby to a certain extent, and what I mean by that is, I mean I don't think he trusts him going back the way, particularly in big European games. We've seen him being hooked, and um, we've seen him being brilliant going forward and, and being poor for goals like he'd let the go away in the groups and stuff like that. So, um, but I think I think Naby might just get the nod with Elliot to come in maybe uh, after an hour and uh, maybe link it, try and try and link him with Mo and stuff like that. Now, listen, El- Elliot was very impressive. Them triangles with. Trent and Mo um, at Fulham when he came on. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised either if, or I wouldn't be shocked or upset if he gets an eye. But I think it might just be Naby in um, with Henderson and Fabinho. Ken, would you go with the same? I think that's what Klopp will do. It's a massive decision really because Elliot has done everything to warrant a start tomorrow night. Uh, Naby's better off the left you know, than Henderson. So... It's it's a straight shoot, really, for me, because if Naby's fit and he's training and he's trained, he should start on the left. You know, he's better he's better than Henderson in that on that in that position. But <sighs> Henderson was the best of a bad bunch of what started at Fulham, 
and he improved when he went in the six. I still wouldn't drop Fabinho. He desperately needs to get that out of his system. And Elliot, when he came on, was really, really good. It was lively, and he brought everyone else alive. But was that because Nunes stretched them going the other way and their legs were starting to get a bit tired? Who knows? I think he'll stick with he'll, st- he'll stick with Henderson, and that was probably dead right. With the first change will be Elliot on either side, depending on how the game pans out. But it's a brave; it'll be a massive call if he starts Naby and Harvey Elliott and drops Henderson. It'll be a massive call, and it wouldn't surprise me. He's ca- he's he's capable of dropping these. These kind of things. He's done it last. He done it last season, and he done it with um, Harvey Elliott starting a lot of games last year when he was, you know, breaking in. He's a year further down the line now. And but injury aside, he would he would have been a mainstay in the side if he'd have stayed fit for the last season. You know, he'd have been one of those first kind of name on the team sheet sort of thing. So, I've I think it'll be Henderson. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's Elliot. Either way, I'm not bothered. <laughs> it's got to be a cracking midfield either way, hopefully. Uh, Shawnee, first game at Anfield, first league game at Anfield. Does he leave the captain, club captain out, or is it a Fab Hendo Keita? Zero chance. Yeah. There's zero chance he leaves Hendo out for me because I think he's going to be key covering that, that the fullback position with yeah. who they have. They've Zaha, they've Eze they're interchangeable and play through the middle so I think um, that's what Hendo does really well I find contrary to what the Shy Hawks on the Twitterverse talk about um, I think that he's going to be key in that game because he just gives you so much cover in terms of letting Trent cheat letting Mo cheat and I think that's going to be a big factor and it'd be a lot to ask Elliot to, to be covering someone like Zaha because I know Zaha He's a bit marmite, but one week he's like playing George Wyatt's cousin, and then the next week he's like George <laughs> Wyatt. So you don't know you don't know what you're gonna get from him. So I don't think Klopp will take a chance. I think it's gonna be Kate, Fab, and Hendel uh, in the tree, and basically because I do think we're lacking someone who can naturally play on the on the left side of that that tree. Um, you never know. We might even throw Carvalho in off that left side. You just wouldn't know. We might change. Milner was very Milner was very good when he came on as well. Yeah, so. was brilliant when he came on. So you just you don't know. He might even bring fucking Voynaldo back and play Milner. <laughs> and, and I, for someone for a club who just, doesn't have a lot of options, yeah, he might yeah, even bring Voynaldo. I know he's signed for Roma, but he might just bring Voynaldo, Milner, and and Hendo back just to throw that uh, Briggs in midfield and just to annoy everyone. What a, but, what about uh, that? What about that unveiling by the way from Roma? From that's unbelievable. That was unbelievable. Yeah. Credit where it's it, well, it wasn't as good as Burnley's one the other night, the other day though. The Bur- did you see the Burnley one? Oh, I was seeing the Burnley one, yeah, that yeah. Was, but I'm, ta- I'm was... talking about when Alan getting announced out into into the into the uh, into the stadium. Ah, uh, absolute yeah. uh, hairs in the back of your neck stuff that was. So look, um, I don't know. I think it's. Does he be... even go with a midfield three? Well, that's the thing. He could change. You know, like he might change. You know, we don't. And the thing is, we kind of have the weapons now to do that because well, we. We never, we haven't played with a number ten on that club, but now we've a fucking hype of them in, in the squad who are who are capable of playing there. So you wouldn't know. You could throw a spanner in the works. I know that young lad is going to be in the squad because he sat out the twenty ones game. Mm. So 
I think I do you know what if I if we're in a position tomorrow night, I, I, I think about, Kev is the only one that can pronounce that chap's name. Yeah, that's why I'm I'm just not gonna say <laughs> it. I'd be like playing uh, what's his name? Tim Vickery, just playing butchering <laughs> names all over the place. But, um oh, I'd like to I'd, it'd be nice if we are in a position where we're comfortable enough to give that lad a few minutes because Jesus, whatever I've seen of him, I've been super impressed by him. And Again, he looks like one who was at the being fast tracked. Like and he's, at, he's actually a centre half by trade. Yeah, and they had to give him they had to give him a big um they gave him a contract, didn't they? So yeah. it tells you kind of um They see him as a are. as a sitting midfielder, did he? Is that where they see him kind of being as a whole yeah, midfielder? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, it'd be nice now if we were in a position tomorrow night, especially with the five subs that were comfortable and you could throw him in and give him a few minutes. But look, I think it's going to be more of a squad game more than ever now. I don't like, I think it's going to be nearly as important who was on the pitch in the last 30 as a, who is it, who it is, when, what starts and it can change so much now. Um, but I think that's what you'll go with. I think you'll just want to set the, because the, uh, look, I won't get into what people see or don't see in Hendo, but I, the one thing I always see with Henderson when he plays is he, he can set, when he's on it, he sets the tempo and he gets the ball rolling. And that's that's what he does really well. And that's kind of what you need in your home games. He's the perfect type of player for those home games. Um, so, look, I think that's what it'll be. I think it's going to be Keita uh, for being on hand. Now, look, the two lads are going to need to be a lot better than they were last weekend, that's for sure. And fucking Naby as well, like, is going to need to get the finger out because I thought there was games where it was just passed him by last year as well. So, there's positions up for grabs there. Um, and I think that's going to be the midfield three you'll go for. And, and Naby actually hasn't looked too bad. And I know it's pre-season and Aquilani feckin' had six assists in pre-season and then was shy. But uh, Keita didn't look too bad in pre-season either. No, look, look don't get me wrong. Keita's a pressing a, machine. A, he's a deadly footballer. He's a deadly footballer. It's just sometimes like he's not arsed. You know, it's just one paced. And I don't know what it is about him. I just... He hasn't lit it up at Liverpool. He was more available last year than, than any other year, but there's still a lot of question marks around the my feel. And look, he's coming into the last year of his of his deal as well. So it like Gomez, it's a big season for him as well. Yeah. Well look, um I think I went for Fabinho, Hendo and Keita uh, in my prediction. Um on to the front three. So um lots of calls for Nunes to start. I'm one of them. I think Shawnee is one of them as well. Davo and uh, Kev will come to Kev first. Nunes to start over Bobby. Has to. Has to start. I mean, he's he's caused havoc in every game that he's that he's played. I'd be gobsmacked if he doesn't start. He's done everything to warrant warrant a start, and he's exactly what you need to be able to push Palace back and not let their centre half settle. Um, I think that the Palace are a tailor-made side for Darwin Nunes because they're two decent centre-backs. They're quick enough. They're not monsters in the air. They're not... They wouldn't physically scare anyone. You know, they're technically good players. You know, I think Gerhi is a really good... He's a really good good prospect, but he's still got a few more years before he fully develops into a seasoned centre-back. And... It'll it'll be shock. It'll be a massive shock if Bobby starts. It really will, and that's no disrespect to him. I love Bobby. I think he's a brilliant footballer, but he's not what you need in a game against Palace. You know, he's, 
horses for courses. This game is made for Darwin Nunes. And first game at home is your big summer summer signing. He's done everything you want of him and more for me. I'd be amazed if he doesn't start. Yeah. Uh, Davo, I think it was mentioned earlier on to put pressure on this guy, Anderson. Does, does Nunes, the way he plays, the way he's a bit of a menace, does he put, or starting Nunes, does he put more pressure on those centre halves than maybe Bobby does, kind of nearly dropping off? Yeah, but look at it. Listen, it's, it's probably like it's two different problems. Centre halves, I'll tell you, like the, the whole reason Bobby's been so good for us dropping into the space is they don't know whether they go or stay, freeze up space for two wingers to come inside and obviously then you flip it to Nunes and all that fella that fella's just born on centre half shoulders he's just he's, all he wants to do is run in behind you get you get that ball down looking the channel I'll be going in there so it's two totally different they're two totally different players totally different ways of playing the position um, and both like bring their own problems um, I would say when Fulham Thought they were like Fulham had, uh, had obviously had the the hour or however it was with Fermi. You know, he wasn't doing it. He was dropping in. He was losing possession. They were kind of like, "This is fucking handy." Then Nunes comes on. He's tearing off that fucking shoulder. He's in behind. He'd he he scored, and then he he obviously I think he too great. He like he the one do that flick the keeper side. Then he got in and had a volley cross goal that he really should have hit. Probably hit the target with that he put wide. He obviously sets the goal up for Mo. Then absolute. Fucking nuisance, I'd say. I'd say they were fucking just going. I'd, mm. I'd say it was like they were after being in the tornado, the two centre backs, yeah. with the way, like, kind of having it handy considering how bad Bobby played to then Nunes coming off the shoulder. So, I'm a Kev, I'd be shocked if he didn't start. The only thing maybe in my head would be that maybe a similar thing, hoping that Bobby plays better. We do, we do get ahead. Um, and the same kind of thing, then 20 minutes to go, 25 minutes to go, Nunes is coming in and the centre-backs are going, oh, fuck, again. But, look, that's just me playing devil's advocate a bit. I'd be, I would be shocked if he doesn't start. And, uh, Shawnee, I know you're fully on board with Nunes starting, um, but there's been some questions about whether, with him coming on in games in the Community Shield against Fulham, uh, was it a case that he had it easy because the, the defenders were already tired? I'm not of that opinion. Um, but um, do you think he has legs in him for 60, 65 minutes to absolutely hound Crystal Palace's defence tomorrow? Yeah, he seems to be kind of managed a little bit because I, I seem to remember Klopp, uh, I think he referred to like the first block of games in the Premier League every other year. Is they kind of treat it like an extension of pre-season where they do manage play, uh, players' minutes throughout them opening games. I think that's probably what he's been doing with um I think that's probably what he's been doing with Nunes, but I think tomorrow night is the perfect I I thought last Saturday was the perfect opportunity to start, to be honest. A way to follow in his Premier League debut to get off the mark like against what should have been fodder in the end. That it didn't turn out that way, but he comes on and massively impacts the game. Um I I, I think it's it's a dead he's got to start tomorrow night. It is his first game at Anfield Forced home, like under the lights. I think, um, I think it's a massive opportunity to start, like to put down a marker now and kick on. Because, look, I wasn't sure what way this team is going to play with an out and out number nine, and but you can see already that Mo, uh, Mo, like Mo's more Mo, Mo acted like a winger when he came on the other, the other week. I don't know whether you noticed that Mo acted like Unselfish a winger, selfish as well. Yeah, yeah. 
he's willing to flash balls across the box now because he knows it's going to be a runner on the end of look. In this Liverpool team, he's going to get chances. And I think with what we've seen so far, even in the games against us, he's a lethal finisher. He's, he's really good. Even the goals against Leipzig, he's getting, he's just, he's in the eight-yard box. He's off the shoulder. He's pinning centre-backs. He has pace. He's good in the air. Um, it's obviously there is going to be like an adapting phase, but I did, I, I feel he has to start tomorrow night um, because I think he's one of them. Like if he catches fire early, he, he's going to do damage in, in this Liverpool team. And with Jota out, we don't really have that much of a an alternative. And I just I don't want to I don't want to see Bobby struggling again. It's like watching your old bleeding dog tug tug around the gap, <laughs> and you know like. <laughs> Look, you had to give me everything. He gave me all the happiness in the world, but it's just tough to watch him. He, he had, Bobby hasn't been good for a long time, to be honest with you. Uh, uh, that might sound harsh. Like I love the bounds of the fella. He's probably my favourite player of the club era. Definitely one of them anyway. So uh, I, I wouldn't start him. I wouldn't start him tomorrow night. Uh, I, I'm playing him into forms a lot of bollocks. We need to be winning games, to be honest with you. And you, you do that by playing your best 11. And for me, Nunes is in our best 11. Yeah. The new mention that like Karn is there, Shani. It was like, well, there's no. I saw very little of preseason. Saw that all the squatter boxes putting up his miss against United, right? But what did he play that day? Twenty minutes. He gets yeah. in. He's, he's in there, misses a chance. Community shield goal. Uh, Edison pulls off a good save from him, and a one on one wins the penalty. Then the Fulham game goal, couple of chances, fucking save with a keeper, assist from all. He's fucking involved in everything. He's gonna. He, 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 he just causes fucking ructions. Wherever he is, so um, and fucking long may continue. I love a bit of that. So in terms of uh, so we've gone through it now. So in terms of lineup, um, what I went with the other night was Allison Trent, Gomez, Van Dyke, Robbo, Fabinho, Hendo, Keita, Salah, Nunes, Diaz. Anybody go with anything different no. to that? No. Big game for Diaz. Yeah. yeah. It is a big game for Diaz. I mean, he's he showed flashes against Fulham. You know, there was the goal he scored that was offside, and Bobby should have put him through earlier for another one. Or the, they're not the other one that was he hit, he hit the post. He, 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 he hit the post. post. Mm. He hit the post, and he hit the cross. We hit the that day as well. But he, if anyone needed a goal, he needs a goal. You know, he needs a goal involvement of some way, something just to kickstart his season because. Mm. You wonder if it's starting if it'll start to play in his mind the longer it goes. And he's not there's no one really on that side of the pitch to push him. Yeah. We're kind of in that position now with Joss out injured, there were the front three picks itself. And I mean centre halves with if they see Bobby on the team sheet, they they know I'm inside out now. There's nothing new with uh, Bobby Firmino. So he'll go off into midfield and the centre backs will just leave him off and just let him go and do his thing. But Darwin gives Darwin Nunes and Mo Salah should open up a lot of space for Luis Diaz, and he needs to take advantage of it and hit the ground running. No better place than your first game at home in the season to lay down a marker for the rest of the season is going to go. Last love's asking, <laughs> Shawty, how's your dog for a no-look finish? <laughs> I haven't tested him. I'll give him a whale. So, lads, um, score predictions. We'll start with Davo. So, um, 
three one. I think uh, I think Klopp said it after. I think the game last year was uh, we beat them three 0 Naby Naby gets a scream or late, and Klopp says it's the hardest three 0 game he's ever he's ever been involved in his life. So they they make you work for a palace. So I think three uh, one. They were playing. who's getting the goals? Uh, the front three, one each. <laughs> Spread them out. Kev? I went for 2-1. Um, I think Darren gets two. I think Darren gets a brace. Um, I think Palace have a key. Palace were unlucky against Arsenal, to be honest, right? They had more of the ball. They had the same amount of efforts on goal and they had the same amount of efforts on target. And, you know, Arsenal were lucky with that second goal. You know, they're a good, they're a decent side. And Vieira, like Sean, you said, Vieira's doing good things. But we have to have enough to beat these. You know, you're at home, you have to be beating these sides. You know, there's no excuses. You know, early in the season, shit happens, whatever. But you need three points tomorrow night. And Shani? I think it's going to be similar to the way the game went last year. Even like I said, I remember watching it. Um, I think it'd be 2 0, but it's going to be one of them 2 nils where I reckon we'll probably 1 0 up and late into the 80s, 1 0 up, and it's by 2 0 frown, and we just nick it. Um, I just fucking three points on the board. I take a scuttery 1 0 off, bleeding Milner's Ayers or a Peno. I don't just whatever it takes, um, get us off the mark and get us up and running. So I'd say 2 0. 2 0. You're writing these down now. Are you going to do like what? <laughs> You're going to do what uh, football focus do? Like Mark Lawrence hasn't hasn't predicted a Liverpool defeat since '96 or something. Yeah. Brown envelopes <laughs> coming just, our way. I just think writing them down makes it look kind of more serious. That's all. Um, I went I went three one with uh, Salah uh, two goals and Nunes one goal. And um, so look. I just, I personally, I can't wait for tomorrow. I know we have a few people. Uh, you're going to it, Johnny. Did you Correct. start out the passport? I did, and I've laid. I had a nightmare today with that NFC pass. I'm like, I was thinking to myself, am I getting old, or is this just whole system just fucking stupid? It felt like I was looking at my dad trying to walk his contacts in the sound. <laughs> Didn't know what was going on. I was trying to get this thing downloaded, ticker on my phone, but got there in the end. So, uh. I just have to play at Dublin Airport now, first thing in the morning, and uh, I'll be looking forward then. I'm meeting uh, up with a couple of the lads over there, so it uh, should be good. I won't be on the Guinness from early, though, because uh, the few rough weekends that Dav kind of tested that because yeah, he, was, uh, yeah. he was involved one of the nights, so it's been fairly uh, non stop for me. <laughs> Tom Lamb, <laughs> Johnny's dog with a diamond head. So, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's an early start, I mean, you know, so I'll be probably tipping as soon as we, we finish up here. Tough. Um, so, look, um, that's our game. Let's want to have a quick look back over the weekend. Um, so the second round of games. Um, anybody, anybody standing out for you so far? I know we're only two games in. You probably won't know until about Eight to ten games. Anybody standing out for you so far, uh, Kev? City or look, City or City. They they'll get goals. They'll they'll win plenty. Forest surprised me today with how organised they were for a side that's literally just been 
put together at the start of the season because of circumstances. They've had to buy in a rake of players. They brought another one in tonight. I don't know who the hell he is, but no idea. But they're after spending more money again tonight. And they've, they're linked with Auer and they're linked with Gibral Sau from Eintracht Frankfurt as well. Come in next week. But I was, I was, West Ham are a decent side, you know, and that was a f- pretty much full strength West Ham side. And Forrest were so organized in that 5 3 2 or 5 2 1 2. They, West Ham should have scored. They had a couple off the, off the crossbar. And uh, Henderson had to make some saves through the daylight, you'd expect. But I was genuinely surprised with how well organized they were and how good they were on the counter. You know, they were quick. Young, lively side, and they could they could be a surprise package for a lot of teams this season who will write them off, you know. And if he pulls this off, if they pull this off with the amount of money they've spent, and it's all good money, all between the ten and twenty million pound mark, they could cash in massively next season. Next summer, they could cash in on a lot of these players, double up some of their transfer fees, and sell them on massively, you know. Um, who else? Manchester United, man. Oh, my fucking days. How bad was that? How fucking bad were they? I'd say I all mean, the players, uh, like, like it, when they went 4-0 down, I'd say all the players wish they could just vanish. Some would say, I'd be Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? No, That's hold on. Shawnee, Shawnee, you can go get a cup of tea there. Emmett, Emmett, you're fucking on. You're going to be doing this all week, and that's all you can come up with. Fucking <laughs> hell. I've, I've done it three times this week. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. That's right. Go Without on. added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other praying eyes. IP Vanish VPN makes it easy to stay Truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, password, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed, your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether, you're at, whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take back your privacy today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com forward slash daytrippers and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com forward slash daytrippers. And that's done. There are about eight cans of Archer Thieves inside. Kev, you're the only one that knows how daunting that is. That is very, very, <laughs> very, very trip happiness. So, so you mentioned Manchester United. Let's have a little chat about the, the club that resided 34 miles up the road from Liverpool. What's happening at that club, Kev? Oh, man, where do you start? I mean, I saw a tweet that Keith put out last night and he was 
it was the most bang on tweet I've seen in a long time about Manchester United. The only thing that he said, the only thing you can blame the Glazers for is not putting a structure in place to run the football club from the, from the Glazers to the manager. That structure is, is wrong and it's been wrong for a long, long time. From the managers down, that's nothing to do with the Glazers. They've appointed good, good managers and they've backed them with money. The fact that they bought absolute fucking dross with no personality, with, I mean, the idea that they're going out to bring in Rabio and they're still talking to his mammy about it. You know, it's it's a nonsense. The fact that the manager, the the fact the manager wanted Arnautovic. Now, if he wanted Arnautovic, go and fucking get him. It's his first window. You go. He he's named that player. You go and get that player. The fact that he's been undermined on his first signing that he wanted. The fact is they're chasing a midfielder who has who doesn't want to go there, and they're still chasing him. Tells you everything you need to know about how bad it is. I didn't think, I thought last season was bad under Ragnarok or whatever his fucking name is. I didn't think it could get much worse. I honestly didn't think it could get much worse. Ragnarok, that was a cross between Ragnarok and Vikings. Thor. But like, how the fuck can you put Christian Eriksen as a pivot in a six? And Put those up, those players out in the pitch with Ericsson to sit in a six with a straight face and say you know how to you know how to coach a football team. Christian Ericsson has never been a six in his entire life. He's a ten, or he's nothing. Do you know what the man thing you were saying to like Kevin? I was I was having a chat with one of my mates here, United fan yesterday, and I was saying the same thing. I'm like, I I don't I I think people who turn around going ah they just blame the Glazers on everything they spend loads of money. Like Keith was one hundred percent right. There's no structure. The, the the biggest glaring issue for me is, and I haven't seen anybody talking about. It, and I put this in a WhatsApp me mates weeks ago. They were all going on after the preseason saying, "Oh, I'm moving the ball decent." I said, Do "You know who's going to kill you United this year?" They were like, "I said David Ahaya is going to fucking kill you United this year because it, it, the onus is on him now to start moves and start attacks, and he's never been good with the ball at his feet. No. Never since he came in, it was never one of his traits." He one of the best shot stopping goalkeepers we've seen in the Prem. It's it's hard to kind of easy to forget that. But he's and Shane, I'm sure will 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 vouch for this. He's absolutely shite with the ball as feet. Forget about the fourth goal yesterday because that can yeah, happen to the, any keeper. The second was the, criminal. The second goal is criminal. It's oh, absolutely it's shocking. It's body position. position. Where he's receiving the ball, how he's opening himself, his touch. He just can't do it, and it, it's gonna kill them. It'll kill them next year. Anyway, or this year. And nobody's even talking about him being replaced. And you let him, and I I've seen an interview with a man Henderson last week. I was thinking, he's a little dickhead, but he obviously knows I'm much fucking better than he is now. And he's only in there because of the name and, and it's kind of legacy at you know now, although he hasn't won a lot. He Dean Henderson probably feels hard done boy thinking I'm fucking better than him and I should be starting for United, you know what I mean? And he's had to get shipped off to Palace, and he has the game with uh, to Forest. He has the game as I play. I think the Hayes is going to kill them. Um, I think Gary Neville is going to kill them. Boy, with the shit he's spouting in the media, like he getting into spats yesterday with Redknapp, and he's like, wouldn't look him in the like. United are a mess. Literally, it's Liverpool in the nineties times ten because it's 
it's all under a microscope now. Everything is completely analyzed, top to bottom. Like I in the nineties, I, I I was a baby. But in the nineties, did you know who a director of football was or a sporting director? Did you know who was mate going to make the signings for Liverpool? You probably had no idea. Oh, no. You probably you probably knew a name, but you never. I always seen thought a face. it was the manager. I always yeah, but, thought it was yeah, the manager. Yeah, yeah, you probably knew a name, but you never seen a face. You know, like like Richard Arnold was out fucking meeting fans, having appointments. I'm trying to be nice about, it, and they were recording them, putting them up because they don't they see through shit. Like I, I'll bang on here. I fucking hate Manchester United, but one thing I will say about the fans are they're not thick. No. They know exactly what's going on, you know, and it, it's just an absolute shit show top to bottom. And I seen a deadly clip last night. Arsenal played Brentford on the first game of the season last year in a Friday night football. And Gary Neville goes in on Arsenal top to bottom, saying he doesn't know what they're doing. They've no identity, this, that and the other. And you could have literally just replayed that interview yesterday, before or after that, you know, he came. And I all would have read out the same. And look at the trajectory the two teams have gone in because I think there is a bit of a structure at Arsenal. I know Yaman Eddie who comes on that flag, but he, he seems to know exactly, they know what type of player they want and they've gone and got that. You know, they're at the spend in a window chasing Frankie de Jong. He clearly doesn't want to play for them. And then on top of that, I don't even think he's the type of midfielder that they need. And then they go and buy the Afghan man, Jorian Timber, who's a right-sided centre-back a completely different profile to Lissandro Martinez. Completely different profile. And then they go and give 50 million for your man, Lissandro Martinez. There's talk tonight that they're looking at fucking Maraboy Cardi. Probably the most toxic fella you can put in the dressing room. Like, he was going so, around... So, so, right, is that not Cardi and Rabio? Did they not yeah. have an issue? Rabio's ma drops him, <laughs> Rabio's ma drops him off at training and fucking Oikardi be in the bed with your mop before he gets in. Flick the light on. That's the way he is. I'll tell you, Oikardi will put John Terry to shame. I can tell you that. Oh, anyway. He's a knacker. Yeah. Like, he literally has another fella's kid's name. He's tattooed on his arm. He's a knacker. The fella is a knacker. And you know what? If fucking, I tell you what, if Amazon had any bleeding balls with the way the glazes are going and they'd sell that, if they it's... done an all or nothing for United this year, my Jesus. You'd go full Rio Ferdinand, wouldn't you? You just put the contract down, whatever numbers you want on it, sign it. It would like, be gold. It would be absolute it, gold. There's no profiling going on at United. They're not like, everyone going my club big enough all week, the right player, the right player, the right player. There could be a fella out there with all the ability in the world that they would have looked at and they probably would have talked to him and someone would have assessed him and go, he's a dickhead. We don't sign dickheads. We just don't. We don't. They don't seem to be looking into that sort of thing. And they're saying now that they're telling Ronaldo they're going to... Ter- they're telling the fella who wants to leave if he doesn't kick him for Zach, they're going to terminate his contract. Like, what the fuck are you at? The, the fella wants to leave. He wants to leave. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just... It's mental, and I just, I hate seeing all of these fucking agents in the media parroting the same shit, like Neville now switching his tone and this, that, and the other. You know, it is a basket case at the moment, and it's scary because for me, they are, other than Madrid, the biggest club in the world, and what's happening there is absolutely mental. Do you think not showing up the games and all is going to hurt? It won't, because for every fan that doesn't want to go, it's going to be 100 from all corners of the world. He'll take and the they'll, tickets they'll spend them. a hell of a lot more in the club shop as well. A hundred percent, and that's that's the problem that we. I don't think they get rid of. Him. I seen I seen a thing last week. Yeah, what your man Keane is trying to do a, like a, a hostile takeover, 
to Kane, well, look, at, I, I wouldn't say that these United players um, don't give their all. And then he's, he's out after the game, yes, they saying uh, they don't work as hard as other teams they play against. So which fucking is it? What is it? And the thing is, Brentford didn't have to work. Yeah. yeah. Brentford didn't have to win the They ran 40, 14 kilometres more than United players did. Now, you've, you've, you've Neville coming out and he's talking about the training ground, he's talking about... The stadium is rusty and uh, the Glazers put these lads in. Like There are teams in that league that play and train in a lot worse conditions than Manchester United do. Um, you would imagine that Brentford, Brentford probably would be one of them. Um, but for a team to go out and run, outrun them by 14 kilometres yesterday, it shows, it, like, it's just, it's, when is he going out? And like you said, Sean, he came out and he, he, he that, that uh, Arsenal against Brentford game, he went in on the players as well. He's not once, well, he started kind of going in on the players a little bit yesterday. But he's coming out and he's saying the Glazers are putting these people in place. When did you ever see Neville come out and complain about a signing or complain about an appointment of a manager? He doesn't. Yeah. But, but now he's blaming the people that are putting these people in charge. Um, I think Gav actually tweeted earlier on and says, give him the, the director of football job. Do you look, know what I mean? Look, Kev is right, and it was only when he said it there, it's kind of a light bulb thing. We can all think Aaron out of it just shy, right? And he's finished and everything like that. But if the manager went in there and went, listen, get me him. And they backed down all of our Twitter fucking feedback and stuff like that. Now, listen, I know he's a knacker as well, Aaron out of it, right? But come here, listen. He's a useful idiot. Do you know what I mean? Like he's, but if the manager went in and said, get me him, he's attainable for fucking seven, eight, ten million, whatever he would have been. And they shit the bed and go, oh, no, listen, we're not going to get him. He's like ten hags in trouble there. Do you know what I mean? After after a couple of months, as in, I'm not talking about as in them sacking them, as in he must be already. The stories are coming out from uh, one of the journalists. He must his agent must be leaking and saying he, he's going to go and bro- promises have been broken, and he was told he'd have five in the door, five starters in the door, and blah blah blah, and he fades on their mind, etc. So that's already started from his side of it. Like he could Ray Charles could see that that's his camp leaking it to. Well, whoever it was, so did, did, didn't mean. they say the, that... the stuff came out? The stuff came out towards the back end of last year when they, they appointed Ten Hag, yeah, that they were gonna let they were gonna let Ragnick walk fucking six days a month or something. I'm like, oh, what is going on here? Like, I'm really sure Ragnick would have been getting more money as is doing the proposed role at United than he's getting doing the Austria gig as a manager. Yeah, mm. I, I think, think Ragnick didn't lie to him. He's doing the job that Ragnick is supposed to be doing, isn't he? Yeah. They got rid yeah. of Ragnick, and now Arnold is doing that job. Yeah. So, the, the, I think the one fella they actually... Uh, to be fair, when they hired Ragnick, look, he's a shite manager. Not, he's not a great manager, but the fella knows how to run a football club. And he, he, came out the after club. Liber- he came out after the Liverpool game last year and says... He, he started and says, I think they might need six, seven, eight, nine, maybe even ten players. Yeah. And what, he, he wouldn't lie about that. He wouldn't lie about it, like, you know, like, no. and then they fucked him off. So I think 
the one chance they had at getting someone who might actually do something. I actually don't know what's going on. I'd love to be a fly in the wall to see what's going on there because they banged on about Woodward and now it's on Arnold and this will... Joe Glazer and the other fella, did you see the cut of them? They haven't a fucking clue who Ten Hag is, even now. I'd say if you stood them all up in a room in front of them, you wouldn't be able to point them out. They haven't a clue. They they live in America. They they give a they look at the books, look what they've done with the Buccaneers. Yeah. Look That's what they, they care about. That's on their doorstep. Yeah. Man United they, they are the cash cow that keeps giving. You know, you can always go to a bank and say, Yeah, we own Manchester United, we want to borrow X, Y, and Z and we want to leverage this debt onto that debt and move this money here, there and everywhere. And we'll continue to own Manchester United and service the debt and take their dividend. It's their club. It's their business. They can run it however the fuck they like. And as long as they're giving the club adequate transfer funds, which they are, it's up to the club to fucking spend it. Now, every club should aspire to spend what they earn. Live within your means. What you win in Premier League prize money, Champions League prize money, endorsements, sponsorships, is to be spent back into the club via players, player wages, and infrastructure. And I think the only time the FSG have had to put their hand in their own pocket is for infrastructure. Yeah, not for players. And nor should any club worth their salt. No owner should have to put their hand in their pocket to fund a transfer window. If you're doing that, you're doing something else fucking drastically wrong. You're either competing in a place where you shouldn't be competing, and it, that's not sustainable long term, or your chairman and CEO of your football club is absolutely shit at their job. We're run absolutely brilliantly, and long may it continue, because what they're being served up is absolute dog shit. And you can see why their fans are absolutely apoplectic about it, but it's more to do with the structures that are within the club, not the owner specifically. It shouldn't be the owner specifically. They're the deflection. You know, it's easy to shout glazer this, glazer that, when it's really down to bad spending, bad transfer policy, and no structure. That's all it's down to. If they get that right, they're not far away from... If they can get it right, the funds are there to bring in the right profile of player to get them from 8th, which I think is where they'll probably finish, into cha- challenging for the top for the Champions League. It doesn't take much. You can get there within one or two windows. It's making the next jump is the hard bit. And that's what Arsenal, Chelsea and Spurs are going to find out. Going from third to challenging for 90-plus point seasons, that's the difficult bit. You know, you can always get into the top four. Get into the top four, 75, 76 points. You need a striker who's on form. You need a solid midfield midfielder and a, a decent centre-back pairing. You can get there with that. It's the rest of the jump that other sides are going to struggle with. Well, look, long may it fucking continue anyway. Well, look, Absolutely. I, I, I think one thing that, like, not worrying for us, but worrying for Manchester United is when they come out and they, and they and I don't know how true this is, but they claim they stopped their interest in Arnautovic because of uh, an outcry from the fans. <laughs> yeah. Well, imagine if we didn't buy Salah or Wijnaldum because of what people on Twitter thought when we were linked with them. Like, the you fans I mean? are killing each other. And that's like, the fans are fighting each other on the stands and that's, that's just not good. It, that's how, and it'll only, it'll only get worse there. And the thing is with 
football these days is media, fan media, and there's so many different outlets with different takes and there this and there that that will only get worse and it'll be magnified because look they've been on this they've been banging this drum since 2008 i believe haven't they mm. they have they ever even got close i don't think anyone has even tried to buy them so uh, like like that i said long may I continue I, I just sit here laughing at them and to be honest with you, I, I didn't even find yesterday funny because i was at a party with a few mates and they were just like What's going on here? It's just fucking. <laughs> you it's can't just... believe 30 odd minutes gone and they're 4 0. The one thing that, with the Massimo Taibi moment for De Gea, that can happen. Keep, you know, it, shit happens in a, in a game. A keeper can make a handling error. That's not to be all and end up. The second goal was a shocker. The third goal for the header from Ben Mee, that was just piss poor organization at the back. He beat your man. He beat your man to a header standing up. Yeah. And you, the fourth one was what a pass from Ivan Tony to lay on a play on the run, first time pass to put Mbeno in. It was a, it was a beautiful goal. It's that goal that you kind of look at the way we play, and sometimes we play like we play yeah. on the break, and you think if we get that, like it, it came, I think it came from me, you know, corner did it not? And yeah, it yeah. To a Brentford lad in the box, and he just cleared it upfield. But look, um, like Davo said, and like Shani said, long may it continue. Um, yeah. I'm going to wrap it up. I'm conscious that Davo does be up early in the morning. Before we go, it's just to mention uh, the charity partner, uh, Bobby's Wish to Walk. Um, I'm just looking at it here. He's at 117,000 at the moment. We need to get him to 150. So um, even if you can't donate, or if you can donate, no donation is too big, too small. Um, share it into your WhatsApp groups. Run last man standings. Give fifty percent to the winner, fifty percent to Bobby. Um, but let's get him to that one one hundred and fifty thousand and get him the treatment that he needs. Um, if anybody doesn't know, or if anybody's new to watching the show, um, it's similar treatment to um, a little girl called Sienna who we helped in the past, and she's absolutely flying at the moment. So um, please share, donate if you can, and let's get to that one fifty. Um, and get him the treatment he needs. Uh, Kev, it's in Cincinnati, I think you said. It's in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, yeah. 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 And according to the uh, bio on the um, on the I donate page, he's been accepted for this treatment. It's just physically getting the money to get him there, get him back, and get him the and in the physio and everything that he needs when he gets back. Plus, his parents are going to need living expenses and stuff while they're there. It's not cheap, you know. I can firsthand, I can tell you. When you're living out of a hotel for a hospital visit, it ain't cheap, and it's the unseen things that you that add up. So, fight. He'll get there by fivers and tenors. It's fivers and tenors that'll get him there. You know, and it will. The sooner, the sooner it happens, the better, because it'll be a massive weight off his parents' mind when it's done, and then they can get their dates booked and get him on a plane and go. Yeah. And and like you said the other night as well, is it would be great to get it done and dusted and have them back home uh, to enjoy Christmas at home as well. So exactly, um, please share, please donate. Look, we've done it before; we can do it again. Um, so link will be in the description. Please share it and donate if you can. Uh, Davo, anything else from you for tonight? No, just looking forward to hopefully getting on the bar tomorrow. Getting a, 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 be a big three points as well. Obviously, is if you don't get them in your force and so. Yeah, just looking forward to that, fingers crossed. Stuff, anything from yourself, Kev? No, we'll be back tomorrow night with a post-match, myself and you, yourself. <laughs> uh, 
I've never done one of those. <laughs> it's got to be some crack. Let's just hope that it's got to be a nice, calm 3-0 and we can relax on a Monday night with a couple of cans. The only thing I did say, Chris Brack sent me a message earlier on. If United, if we, when we play United, as long as Alisson keeps a clean sheet, they're going to have to pick a goal of the month that's an own goal. That's where they are. That's mental. That's uh, it's like Luca Dina. He's uh, Everton's top goal scorer so far this season, and he left them in January. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, anything else from you, Shawnee? Well, I'll go there. Looking forward to tomorrow getting back. It's always great to get over, uh, see a few familiar faces. So, uh, organize a meeting with Ash and uh, Matt as well as over here, I think, at the moment. So, oh, Matt, did Matt go today? Or I'm not sure. I know he was, he was, he was in the he chat earlier. Out. Yeah. He was hanging around Dublin, I know that, but uh, yeah. for a few days he, he was saying he was that. The, the grave diggers on recommendation. I'm in that telegram, but I come and go, well, you know, there's too much going on, and I jumped in it the other day, and uh, he said something that I thought was really funny. He turned around and goes, we fucking travel all the way over here, and Gav gave me the recommendation to go to the grave diggers for a Guinness, and my missus bought a fucking car's like. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, I thought that was brilliant. Now, but I'm looking to, I'm looking to see, uh, for the same the lads over there tomorrow. Ash as well. He was he was doing a couple of pods. I'll be meeting with over there and a few others. Alex as well off the cop TV. I've, I've arranged to meet up and Craig as well off and fair up. So now it should be good. Should be a bit of crack. And please God, you get three points because I don't want to be going to fucking Old Trafford. Absolutely needing to win, although we should beat them, but it just wouldn't be, it wouldn't be ideal. Sure, it wouldn't. <laughs> no fear of that. Ma, I'm, I'm not going to jinx it, but and and Ma has only ever been to Anfield once, and we lost to Inter. So remove his passport from him if the result doesn't go our way. Well, Ma, you're going into the fucking, you're going in, you're going in at Albert Dock if we don't win. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to fuck you in by the jocks. <laughs> Good stuff. Right, well, listen, thanks, uh, Shawnee. Thanks, Kev. Thanks, Davo, for joining us. Thanks to everybody in the comments. Uh, the comments were flying in all night. Uh, the wait is nearly over to try and make amends for our result against uh, Fulham. So uh, hopefully we can get the three points tomorrow night. Um, my name's Emmett. That was the Fatback Four, and we'll see you next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.